0: Today I am speaking with Lachlan Grout, who is the president of the newly created Queensland Hemp Association. Lachlan has been building Australia's industrial cannabis industry from seed to shelf since 2013. He is focused on developing successful hemp farmers as the foundation for a successful hemp industry. We're here today with Lachlan Grout, uh, president appointed of the Queensland Hemp Council, Good morning, Lachlan, how are you?
1: Good morning, I'm well, thank you. How are you? It's a pleasure to be a part of this today, thank you.
0: That's great. So tell us a little bit about the association and uh, what your aims are and what your plans are for the association.
1: So the Queensland Hemp Association um, has been running, I guess, officially now for just over a month. Um, A bit of background history, Uh, Queensland's the last state in Australia to form um, a collective, I guess, consciousness and a group for our industry here, uh, for the industrial hemp industry here in Queensland. Every other state has been quite uh, proactive um, in forming um, their, their group to obviously tackle industry challenges that each member in those groups are facing. Um we have had uh, an association in the past uh, the structure although it wasn't I guess professional enough to uh, keep up with the growth of the industry uh, so that slowly dissipated away uh, but more recently we've found uh, a huge need to represent uh, our industry and the members are part of it such as you know, the growers the processors and the researchers um, to all have a collective voice so that we can change different regulations that might be hindering uh, the industry's growth and progression. And um, but it also allows us to uh, collect information um, and issues that, that people are facing that we may be able to help internally um, or we may be able to uh, fund, to research, to adapt that process to, to remove the risks of failure for our members. Um, so it's... It's like any commodity industry when you have a, a collective group of, of people trying to achieve or also businesses trying to achieve a similar goal, um, and those goals become easier to achieve uh, once you have numbers in your in your association. So that, that's pretty much our our short-term goal. Um, and that's been how we've we've recently formed the association
0: to give some indication of how large is the association?
1: So at the moment, uh, we've got about 25 members. Um, They're all majority companies. Uh, We've only got about three or two to three guests that are uh, non-industry related, but are uh, associates and supporters of it. Um, So it's, it's... although it is only a month in um, you know you, you we have associations that we don't have but Queensland um, uh, associations partners such as the New South Wales uh, Victorian and Tasmanian hemp associations have you know, well over 100 members um, and they, they're working quite successfully with optimizing different state regulations to allow you know uh, Further primary processing, you know, things to be done to the plant, which previously weren't allowed due to uh, you know, some regulations that, that had some wording that didn't allow them to conduct some activities. So now you know, we're seeing a lot of proactive change uh, within state DPIs due to the fact that there is a, a collective group trying to achieve, you know, similar goals. And um, so that, that'll be our, I guess, our goal definitely for the Queensland Hemp Association is updating uh, certain uh, DPI regulations that are you know, currently you know, as I said before hindering some growth and also some progression that can happen quite quickly uh, but can't happen with those things in place
0: and potentially then and obviously we're just talking about Queensland not Australia as a whole potentially what could hem bring to the economy and the environment of, of Queensland in particular Look, I think it it has a lot of
1: interesting, uh, beneficial facets that it can bring to many different points of the supply chain across many different industries uh, and products and customer bases. Um, uh, as you may or may not know, hemp's a very, very has very, very sustainable uh, byproducts that are a part of its primary processing stages and processes. Um, you've got a huge amount of carbon sequestration. You know, the most carbon sequestering plant in the world is is hemp in the shortest amount of time when you, when you put that scale up against any other plant species out there. Um, the way that I guess our economy is going, and the way that our climate is going, there are going to be a need for more sustainable crops, uh, more sustainable materials, That'll replace subpar materials in, in current industries or uh, current markets. You know that are you know low cost or high output. Um, although hemp may be a high cost, um, high input to start with, um, that'll all start to reverse as supply goes up. You know, typical commodity industry supply goes up, um, demand will go up too. You know, all those things taken into account, uh, I think. Hemp will play a huge part in, in yeah, subpar products and ingredients. And then just to name a few, um, biodegradable plastics or everyday products that we use, utensils, um, textile products, napkins, toilet papers, diapers, towels, um, you know, bedding materials, all of these, say, let's say, for example, in that in that regard, textiles, uh, the process in which products are going through, such as cotton, um, and then the colouring dyes that they use to do that. I mean, everyone's seen the fast fashion um, documentaries and whatnot, it's extremely unsustainable and extremely high resourceful. Uh, And that's just not, it's not a path that we can take forward. Um, And it's a path that we're gonna have to cut quite short soon. Otherwise there's no turning back. that's, I mean, I feel quite strongly about this. Others seem to be a bit blasé about how fast it will happen. Um, yeah, the South, if it's already happened, um, the people just don't see it because they're not involved in going out into regions that do show vast variances in climatic conditions. Um, you don't experience that in the cities. And I guess overall in the long run, um, I might not see it in my lifetime, but... Hemp was quite a intensely produced crop uh, in the last five to 6,000 years. And the fact that the war on drugs has come in and destroyed any sort of positive uh, stereotype affiliated to cannabis or hemp itself has ruined its ability to even stand behind its own abilities of what it can do. And now we have had to come through um, and not I'm not saying me personally, but businesses and uh, consciences like-minded like ourselves have had to really put a leg up and take a few shots in the back to actually stand behind this plant and prove what it can do. Um, once the proving's done, the proof's of the pudding, there's no real questions asked from that point forward. It's all about doing it again and doing it again and proving it again. Um, and what I mean by doing it again is, whatever fashion that you're using hemp in, it all needs to start from a crop. And that crop right there, no matter what the size will be, it will always sequester a huge amount of carbon Um, and always put a lot of carbon and replenish soil structures and bioavailability uptake within soils. Now, any crop rotation needs that sort of replenishing in its soils. Um, You can get it through legumes, that's true, Uh, but you can't get the same, um, I guess, output in raw materials as you can with hemp. Um, And I think as I was going to go back to what I was saying before, over a long period of time, um, carbon sequestration, pulling carbon out of our atmosphere, removing it from areas of the ozone layer, only slowly repairs the ozone layer, which in effect slows down Heat, heat, heat disparity and disbursement into our atmosphere and overall, in the end, it'll heat up our planet and um, all things go wrong from there. I, I see hemp in the long run, as I said before. I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime, but I think it plays a very important role, not the only role, but an important role in slowly reversing um, you know, our climatic conditions, worsening over time. Um, I guess I don't really like to call it climate change because the climate is always changing. Um, but I call it climatic conditions worsening for the viability of human life. <laughs> like that's really, is always important at the end of the day, uh, what everyone's worried about. Um, and if we bring it back to our association, I mean, we, I've been running our... I've been In the the background, I've had the opportunity to be a part of the the primary value chain or the primary value position in every commodity value chain, which is the genetics. Um, And I've seen from the genetic side of the industry that there is no fledging industry, um, or there is no scalability and volume in crop production anywhere in the world. If there's no viable genetics to feed into it, and humans are humans. They'll typically take a risk once, and if it fails, most smart humans won't take that risk again. The issue with hemp has been is majority of the risks that farmers have taken up until this point, the first crop for them with hemp has failed, and that's been due to a genetic issue. Um, I saw that it was you know one of the biggest issues in our industry eight years ago. So it's the first issue that we tackled, uh, being able to provide a viable genetics, viable seed, so that people can grow this crop and see what it can do for them, whether it's in a fashion, in a fiber sense, uh, or it was in a, a grain production sense. Either way, there's carbon sequestration happening. So either way, we're still achieving our long-term goal um, in the end to try and reverse this, this terrible issue happening. Obviously, there's money to be made um, in it, but I think yeah, in the long term, um, hemp's got a huge role to play and it all comes down to genetics um, and it will all come down to the consistency of growing high quality crops year after year in rotation with food providing crops or um, nutraceutical providing crops. Um, yeah, I think it's a very, very, very collective uh, the result will be from a, a collective group of people as I said such as the association and other associations in Australia working towards the same goal.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the bit that, I, that novices like myself who are learning about this industry uh, fail to realise. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's huge potential, not only to Queensland, but Australia as a whole. We have the talent for the genetics. We've got the talent. We've got the, the, the land to, to grow this crop. And I was just going to touch on what you said earlier when you said there's some resistance. Is that mainly political resistance? Is that uh, other industry resistance? What is it that that, that could be, in a nutshell, is, is a, an issue, a problem?
1: Mm, uh, there's no point really naming names, but there also is a lot of point naming names. <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> the ABVMA, Be careful it's been,
0: how you name the names. How about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, the bodies that govern the legality or the the sale of these products into markets where it would excel that has been very, very that that stage itself has been extremely hindered by. I guess, powerful organisations and associations around Australia uh, that are almost like the gatekeepers. Um, So I'll just use one for example, if you want to enter the pet industry in Australia, or if you want to feed a livestock animal, a raw material that you're producing, um, it, it, it is typically advised from someone like the APBMA. They would say, this product is safe for use. Um, or if you're not making claims on that product, like you know, you're not saying that this dog chew will cure cancer within seven days, then you can sell that dog chew, just don't make any claims on it and make sure it doesn't have any ingredients in it that we aren't aware of or are not on the grass register, which is an international ingredient register that's approved by I think it's majority of Commonwealth countries are on it but um yeah it's just an international register for, they call them cast numbers um, or grass numbers, whether you're in food or you're in uh, pet food. Uh, but they, the APVMA, um, have recently come out and said that they don't approve any hemp within any animal product being fed to a livestock or an animal. Um, there was no real reason until recently where they figured out that there's no level of detectability for THC within animals that are going through to human consumption. But they made that hindrance or that issue across the board. So it doesn't matter if it's a pet. doesn't matter if it's an animal that's not going through to an abattoir. It doesn't actually matter at all. If there's hemp in it, we don't want it. Um, and it's things like that where there's no explanation. Uh, there's no data behind that reason. And... Um, and it almost just feels like there's been two people who have sat down for coffee and something's pissed them off that morning. So they've said, no, no more hemp for anyone. Um, and we have absolutely no control over those things. Uh, I don't really know what sets it off. Um, I do understand that hemp is still quite a new product for people to feed livestock or, or pets. But if you want to make an issue about it, like, have a you know get off your ass and go and have a look at what the actual effects of hemp feed are on yourself or your animal, um, and you will learn very very quickly uh, that majority of the hemp products out there that have been sold to pets have zero percent THC in them. Um, THC is only ever found in the leaf material of a plant. The only way that it can make itself present within a seed is that if that leaf THC rubs off on the seed during the cleaning, grading and drying process. Now, if that seed's getting cold pressed or if that seed getting dehulled, which is the only two processes available in Australia right now, you'll be ending up with hemp seed oil or hemp meal. Now the hemp meal is a makeup of the skin crushed up, hemp seed oil, just purely oil. Um, the other byproduct is dehulling, So you get a hull from a seed and then you get um, the, the inner soft hull. Uh, there is absolutely no THC present in any of those primary, primarily processed products, um, purely for the fact that the shell has nothing to do um, with the core product coming out. So the oil, there's no THC in that, and there's no uh, THC within the, the hulled material. Um, So it's almost like it's bygones of arguing and bygones. And and they don't want the result to be the way they hear it, and they don't want to hear the data. You've got to back it up.
0: (laughs) And I I know, speaking with other people who are, are going to be on the podcast as well, they say the education of politicians has been the biggest challenge, and it seems to be that's the kind of location that they're spending some of their time and resources.
1: Yeah, And I don't actually get it because if I was a politician, I'd be jumping all over this. The amount of funding that you could source to do some carbon sequestration projects with the mining companies that I'm sure that they deal with every day, uh, I don't. I I think there's a lot of opportunity, yet they're kind of seeing it the opposite way. Um, There's no progressive change with, you know, um, so there's no progression with, you know, adaptable change and I feel like some of the individuals within um, some political uh, positions just don't want to bother changing or adapting, or maybe they do, but it's just this personal preference to this plant for some reason. Um, I'm not sure.
0: And, I mean, it,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I, I was gonna say, I know this is the challenge because we, we spoke earlier that we, we can go on forever and ever. Um, but really what what are the future goals for you in the the industry the industry association um what you talked about the short term goals but what would be the long mm. what would be a medium goal term term for your for your members that you could then hand your hat on and go do you know what we did we did well yeah um,
1: Long term. never
0: said it was going to be an easy answer, an easy answer to the question.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, well, look, the, the executive board have had a really good discussion uh, about our long-term uh, goals. I think the ongoing maintenance of a state's industry is is one, I guess, long-term proactive process that we're going to be always, um, always, always, always improving, and that's, Uh, researching new chemicals and also treatments available for seed um, to continuously adapt with the industry and also with the, um, I guess, the the biology of of hemp itself and the way it grows in Queensland and uh, the diseases, pests uh, that we face. We always want to be researching um, and reviewing either old, new or current chemicals and engaging, what effect they have on the plant. Um, you can't actually do that, or you can do that privately, but then again, you're going to pay for all the work yourself so that everyone else in the industry can use that chemical because you've gone through the hard yards of testing if it's good or not. That's typically what an industry body would do. Um, and we have a farm gate or a harvesting royalty on all our growing members, and it's typically about two and a half cents per tonne. Um, of all harvested material or five cents per tonne and then that uh, gets collected into the non-profit bank for the association and then we use those funds to research different chemicals or treatments that could stop issues that some of our growers face. Um, We could use it as potential marketing money for growers that we have that need uh, help or assistance with marketing their harvested material. yeah, I think that's that's really the short to medium, and I guess ongoing long term goals for us. Um, we we have a lot of cross discussion with the other states around the country. Um, just recently, those cross discussions were, resulted in uh, the Agri Futures National Hemp Trials. So um, Agri in Australia have conducted or are conducting a national trial in I think. Yeah, six different locations across Australia, and that's to test eight different cultivars that are currently on the market. And so that's just to get a bit of a collective national data uh, log going for what varieties are out there and what's working and where they work. Well,
0: thank you I for so, yeah,
1: that, that's just one thing, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for that, Lockley, We've come to the, the end of our time. What's what's the best way to get information and get in touch with the council?
1: I So contacting uh, either myself at uh, Lachlan um, Grout at the Australian Hemp Council or even if uh, contacting, um, see we haven't got a website up at the moment, that's still under construction, um, but there's good things to come, uh, just a small amount of time. But if anyone wants to get in contact, just, yeah, please contact my myself um, or... Uh, Tim Schmidt from the Tasmanian Hemp Council. Uh, Tim is the chairman of the Australian Hemp Council, which is the national peak body. Um, and he will be able to pass on any contacts through to me as well.
0: Well, thank you for that, Lachlan. And we also have uh, details on our webpage, which is the, the hempcollective.com.au, And we'll certainly have your information on there as well. Lachlan, thank you for your time. I, I, I can see this is not going to be the last time we speak. There's a lot that you, uh, you you know and and I cannot wait to mm-hmm. get more information out to our listeners. Thank you, Lachlan, for your time.
1: No, I look forward to uh, catching up again. Thank you.
0: Thank you to Lachlan Ground of the Queensland Hemp Association. The association contact details are on our website, which is thehempcollective.net.au. That's the hempcollective.net.au. And next time I will be speaking with Ramon Granados. Who originally from Venezuela but actually lives in Perth in Western Australia. Graman um, has a business called Hemp Engineering and he's working on projects all over the world. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. to search for The Hemp Collective. Uh, if you're on Clubhouse, we're on Clubhouse. So search for The Hemp Collective podcast. Or me personally, my account is at Andrew Potter. That's at Andrew Potter on Clubhouse. Until next time, thank you for listening. See you